This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Special guest with me, Senior Pastor, Apostle John Polis. He is the senior pastor of Faith Church International, West Virginia. Personal friend, a fellow member of ICAL, International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. Welcome to the program, John. Hey, thank you, Dr. Hansen. Great to be with you again. You know, I've been doing a series now for over two months in our services every weekend on the movers and shakers of the first and second great awakening. And I just want to read you a little bit of my intro to the last message I wrote. It says, Amy Simple McPherson is another example of the movers and shakers responsible for the first and second great awakening. Now, again, we could talk about so many, whether it's John Wesley, Finney, John G. Lake, and on and on and on. But she's another example of the apostles that tarried in the book of Acts for the baptism of the Holy Spirit causing them to speak in tongues. Amy stated, quote, Oh, Lord, I am so hungry for your Holy Spirit. You have told me that in the day when I seek you with my whole heart, you will be found. Now, Lord, I am going to stay right here until you pour out upon me the promises of the Holy Spirit for whom you commanded me to tarry. If I die of starvation, I die. I am so hungry for him, I can't wait another day. I will not eat another meal until you baptize me, unquote. Now, these movers and shakers and the apostles in the Bible that tarried for the baptism of the Holy Spirit wanted the fullness of God. They wanted to please God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They wanted to move in miracles, signs, and wonders. They wanted to heal the sick, cast out demons. They wanted to raise the dead. I write a daily thought of the day on my website, www.worldministries.org. And by the way, it's a brand new one, just kicked off Monday. Check it out, www.worldministries.org. And my World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen Facebook. On February 15, 2022, my post read, quotes, Most Christians make wrong choices. Instead of sacrificing time to be intimate with God, to move in miracles, and seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they would rather watch the Super Bowl than speak in tongues, unquote. On February 16, 2022, my thought of the day read, quote, I did not watch one second of the Super Bowl. 
The NFL now has become an anti-American, pushing New World Order immoral values. Their halftime show has become so raunchy, sleazy, and filthy, led by hedonistic entertainers that are very anti-Christ, unquote. I think it should be very clear why Christians do not move in the power of God. They love the world more than they love God, no matter how much they want to deny this and argue. Now, the four texts that I've used all through the series, Mark 12, 30-31, tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Luke 24, 47-49, that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Mark 16, 17 and 18. These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will take up deadly serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. In Acts 2, 1 and 4. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all in one accord in one place, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, John, as I've studied this now and going on three months of speaking on the movers and shakers, they all had such a desire for God. They would travel, I'm telling you, anywhere to continue to be filled with more of God. Some of them, again, would fast up to nine weeks I'll tell you, they would preach during the day. They would go to meetings at night. And after the meetings, they would tarry for more of God. You know, today, John, uh, most churches after a Sunday morning service, that's it. When I grew up, at least we had a Sunday night where we tarried for different things, including the baptism of the Holy Spirit for hours. We need another great awakening, John. That's true, Dr. Hansen. We read when Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he took three of his key leaders with him. Jesus' life was marked by the depth of intercession and Jesus was above all things a prayer warrior and one who sought communion with the Heavenly Father. He sought to model that to his leaders. And uh, when they went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, could you not tarry one hour? And, And the Bible says he came out twice and he found them asleep. Yes. And when the church is not praying, the church is asleep. And that's basically where we've gone into a sleep and a slumber in the church. The need for the church is to once again get their prayer life back. That's the key. And when I looked at that text, I saw that what the Lord was saying was the importance of praying for at least an hour. Here's the thought that I had. I don't know how theologically correct it is, but it certainly was real to me that the church that's asleep can't be fully awakened until they can at least pray for an hour. You know, I believe there's a breakthrough that comes when you can pray for an hour, when not religiously just reading prayers or quoting verses, but really seeking God for an hour, there comes a spiritual awakening. And this is what I've been preaching and teaching for years and practicing and doing. I believe that a Christian that has cultivated a prayer life that is at least an hour a day, will be a Christian that is spiritually awake and knows what's going on around them. You know, when you're sleeping, you're not aware of anything. That's where the church has, why we're in the shape that we're in in our country, it's a frog in the kettle deal. You know, the church has been asleep spiritually and focused on the American dream and materialism and the good life. 
which are all fine, but they become, you know, it's idolatry to put what God can do for you ahead of God himself. And the church, I think, has fallen into that slumber and sleep. And so things have grown up around us. And now the church is realizing what has happened because of their sleep and slumber, that the enemy has been able to just uh, build up his forces and dig in deeper and launch his attack. In fact, it's been a couple of years ago now. I was driving home from South Carolina, and, and this was after Donald Trump was elected. Well, it's obviously been more than a couple of years. And God spoke to me. He said, I put my foot in the door. When Trump was elected, God said to me, I put my foot in the door. And I understood what he meant, that he stopped the enemy from bringing closure to his plans, for finishing what he wanted to do in this country. And then the Lord said to me, he said, I put my foot in the door because you were not ready. Being the church was not ready. Now we look after this prison administration got in. It looks like that door was kicked wide open again and all hell broke loose, taking our country down a path of destruction because the church was asleep. And so now I think there are some rumblings of a grassroots awakening and you see it, the temperature rising. The barometer is the prayer life of the church. So we're seeing prayer meetings breaking out and more happening along that line. Because until the church can seek God, like Jesus said, at least for an hour, they won't be fully awake. That's my conviction. Well, and I t- they won't be aware of what's going on around them. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, at least an hour. I know that uh, at that time uh, where he asked him to pray for an hour and he knew uh, the situation and how much time they really had before they came to arrest him. But all through the scriptures, our relationship with God is critical. I see people today, I just look back in my own life. My dad pastored and mom pastored eight different churches, and I saw the power of God flow through them. My dad had to take off his watch when he laid hands on people to pray because the watch would stop. And he broke many watches until they figured it out that there was so much power flowing through that arm and wrist, watches would quit, John. That's amazing. I grew up watching this type of thing. My grandparents in China, 30 years, willing to go to a concentration camp rather than leave the Church of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, people that love God, literally willing to die for him rather than embarrass or shame him. But we are so, so far away from that type of faith. And Jesus said, will I find faith? Now, obviously, there are still wonderful, great people out there with strong faith, but I'm talking about the majority. If we had enough people, we wouldn't be in the serious situation that they are plotting to topple the republic and move us all under communism. We wouldn't be in this if the church was strong enough, John. Well, yes, and, and the key is the leadership of the church, of course, because the church became focused on growth and numbers, nickels and noses, and leadership in the church watered down the message and and you talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, there wouldn't be any manifestations of the Spirit on Sunday morning because that would make the uh, unbelievers uncomfortable. And, yes. and now people are realizing now that the church became so weak because of that. You know, you can't make a strong person on just milk all the time. The reason we were strong in recent decades in the church was because, like you said, we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and revivals in the meantime. 
and life revolved around the church. And so Christians were strong and, and our culture was reflected the strength of the church. Christian norms were a part of our culture and society and all that changed as the church got weak because leaders, again, were focused on the attractional church model of making the church on Sunday morning more comfortable for the sinner. When uh, the Bible said the sinners can't even stand in the congregation of the righteous. So obviously that was an error. And I think a lot of church leaders have woke up now realizing that they have not produced strong disciples who can stand in the fire, who can resist temptation, who can really impact their culture. And, and so I think the day of the attractional church model is over and leaders now have to really be nurtured. And I want to say something about leaders. I don't want to throw all the leaders of the church under the bus because I've been a church leader for over 40 years myself. And I have a ministry to pastors and leaders in the, in the body of Christ. And I think one, one of the reason that pastors have felt that they had to develop this attractional model in order to get people into the church was because the average believer wasn't involved in the Great Commission. You know, the, the church, local church is for the equipping of the saints. It, it's, where, it's where the Christians should come back in to get their nets mended and go back out and let down their nets for a catch. But evangelism pretty much faded because, again, the average Christian was so focused on getting the, the blessings of God and getting their prosperity or, or whatever it is, you know, having a good life. And evangelism went by the wayside. Another thing about evangelism, John, and, and this is a basic principle that Christians need to understand, is that when a person gets saved, they have their, they have their warm market. Their, the, the Bible calls it in the Greek word, wikos. It's, it's, their, it's the people that they're, the word means household, but it, it really speaks of people in your, in, that you have a relationship with, some measure of relationship, whether it be coworkers, friends, family, whatever. Your warm market, for, to use a sales, a sales uh, approach. And so most people, when they get saved, they will attack that warm market, and many times they will not being wise, not really being trained and equipped how to, how to reach people. The Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise. And once they tap out their warm market, it's no long, there's no longer any evangelism effort going on because, as you know, the cold market is hard to reach. And, and most Christians won't speak to a total stranger, that cold market about Christ. And once they have tapped out their warm market and, and uh, either they have driven, driven them away or maybe they've got one or two of them saved or into church, whatever. Once that warm market is tapped out, most Christians stop sharing their faith. And so with that going on uh, and not seeing the church grow, then church leaders, that's when the church growth movement came along and church leaders now were, were testing these different models on how to, how to get people into church. And that's where we got into, again, the attractional model and marketing our church and branding and all the things that we've done that we wouldn't really need to do, as you're saying, if we had signs, wonders, and miracles <laughs> and we had the power of God, people are going to go where Jesus is manifesting himself. That's what the New Testament teaches. Wherever they saw Jesus was, 
whenever he was there, people were healed, delivered, set free, and people came by the multitudes. And I believe, John, hallelujah, here's, here's something God showed me. We're going to get back to that model. Years ago, years ago, I was in a conference up in Pontiac, Michigan, and God spoke to me from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul said, my preaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Well, well, we know that the word wisdom is the Greek word Sophia, and it's where we get the word sophistication. And God spoke to me, he said, John, there are going to be two kind of churches in the, in, the, in the last days. And one is the church of sophistication, and one is the church of demonstration. And you have to become... The, you have to make the decision of what kind of church you want to be. So I'm after the church of demonstration, but it, it takes commitment. It takes prayer, fasting, and and it takes being able to uh, break away from the old model uh, of the attraction model and just say, hey, we that's not producing the kind of Christian that that we need. We may get a lot of people in the building on Sunday morning, but as far as making strong disciples that's where the church has has failed but i believe john we have people seek god for one of two reasons but they're going to seek out of desire or they're going to seek god out of desperation and and of course we haven't had the desire in america to seek god because our desires for like the bible teaches in mark chapter 4 the parable of the sower that when, when the word is sown and, and people start to become productive, then the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust or desire for other things enter in and choke the word. And that's what happened uh, in many, 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 many Christians' lives. So the desire for God wasn't there, but now we're getting desperate with the, with the uh, looming World War III and the possibility of uh, nuclear weapons and uh, you know, the the uh, cyber warfare and the possibility of, hey, the power grid going out. Pe people are starting to realize, getting desperate, that, hey, we really need God. And I believe that there, I can see it even happening on my level. Uh, I've started an organization called, the, in West Virginia, called the Mountain State Alliance. And the It's Time prayer movement and uh the reason that i that i got this movement going uh first of all i'm with talk about movers and shakers god laid it on my heart to to do a pilgrimage up to newburyport uh connecticut where uh george whitfield worked from the church he preached in where his bones are in the basement of that church and I was compelled by God to go there. And, and so we went, and I was reading about George Whitfield. And uh, I went up there, Dr. Hansen, and visited that place and just sat in that church building. And I came away from there with something. God done something in my heart, again, to awaken. Hallelujah. To awaken church leaders. Because George Whitfield, as you know, he, he was the impetus for for the Revolutionary War, I mean, he 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 was preaching to to the preachers and waking people up. And uh, God put something on my heart to do that. I come back to West Virginia, and I was attacked uh, 
uh, by local left left leaning ministers and uh, and our local newspaper, uh, local TV. They they took a portion of one of my messages I preached on our local TV station there, the program locally, and I talked about the uh, attack on America and the three three spirits that are attacking America right now. And this was televised. The first one, of course, is it was uh, immorality. And then there was uh, uh, Islam and uh, then ideology, immorality, ideology, and Islam are the three. I called it the American invasion, the three forces invading America. And of course, uh, the ideology is a neo-Marxism. But I mentioned about Islam and I talked about how that there are uh, moderate Muslims and then radicalized Muslims and and uh, if 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 the radical Muslims in America ever got enough political clout, weren't able to and, uh, promote or 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 activate Sharia law, replace our own former government with Sharia law, then all those moderate Christians or moderate Muslims rather would have to radicalize, or they could lose their own head. And uh, that was that was taken by a local left-leaning ministers and they clipped it and put me on the front page of the paper as a speaking hate speech against islam and they reported me to the council of american islamic relations uh the muslim brotherhood of america and uh i'm on their i'm on their watch list because of my own local left-leaning liberal ministers for speaking the truth and oh. so what happened then, John, I'll close this up, was that the local ministers, I pulled them together and I said, look, I was attacked after being in this city for 40 years and impacting this community and never having a moral or ethical failure. But as soon as I spoke out and said something that wasn't politically correct, I was attacked. I said, if they'll attack me and I'm probably the senior guy in this community ministry wise, he'll attack any of you. And so we need to come together. And so, you know, that was the thing that the impetus for this movement we've started that's growing and moving into different counties uh, in West Virginia was the desperation that hey, we didn't have enough desire to come together as leaders and work together. We had to get desperate, but it's working. And well, we're seeing we're seeing a, a move of God. Well, we need another great awakening. I've got on my blog on World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The church does not exist to entertain the saved. It exists to train disciples to glorify God and reach the lost, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We're in serious trouble. You and I love pastors all over the world. I work with leadership. I work with pastors, apostles, bishops. I hold seminars for them and, and huge conferences as well as uh, stadium meetings. But uh, uh, we all know that the church itself, because of the majority, if we want to say, of leadership, they have lost their first love. That's the situation, and we need to wake them up. We need another great awakening. If we don't get this great awakening, I'm telling you, it's all over in America. Uh, it is all over. That's a science of judgment. You've been listening to the Warning Radio Program special guest, Apostle uh, John Polis. Again, he's a senior pastor of Faith Church International, West Virginia. We're both a part of ICAL, International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. 
Telephone number 360-629-5248. Click on my website, www.worldministries.org, and join Eagles Saving Nations today. Basically, the vision and mission is to wake up Christians of the seriousness of the hour and hold revival meetings across the world, to fill stadiums, conferences, and churches focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We want them to leave these meetings encouraged, refreshed, strengthened with power and authority to accomplish confronting the evil forces that are trying to enslave God's people and their nation. We want to be true ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eagles saving nations. Once again, www worldministries.org. Thanks, John, for being on the Warning Radio program. Thank you, Dr. Hanson. It's a privilege to always be with you and uh, pray for you. God continue to move and pour out His Holy Spirit on you and all of us. In Jesus' name. Well, John, you're an eagle, uh, both part of Eagle Saving Nations, but you're an eagle, John. Uh, You're a warrior. And uh, that's that's why why I, I really appreciate and love you. God bless you, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.